Hello, and you're very welcome to another episode of The Others, the Alan Kinsella podcast, where I look at small parties and groups that have stood in Irish elections over the years. This week, it's the turn of the Cannabis Legalisation Party, who put forward two candidates in 1997, and Ubi Dwyer's Justice Party, who ran in Dunleary in the early 80s. Thanks too to all the feedback I've been getting, it's great and very helpful. Please subscribe if you can, and I gather leaving reviews on the various podcast providers is, uh, is also a good thing. To contact me, I'm at electionlit on Twitter, irishelectionliterature at gmail.com, irishpoliticalephemera on Facebook, and of course irishelectionliterature.com is the website. One political name you'll associate with the legalisation of cannabis is one Luke Ming Flanagan, who even in, I think, uh, in one of his early posters appeared with a, a, what it looked like a, a joint in his hand. And of course he has been a long-time campaigner for cannabis legalisation. In 1997 though, a party called the Cannabis Legalisation Party ran two candidates in the general election. Olaf Tiernson in Dunleary and in Cork, South Central, Tim Murphy. We read a report of the launch of the party. The government was urged yesterday to legalise cannabis and make it as freely available as alcohol or cigarettes. Speaking at the launch of the Cannabis Legalisation Party CLP, Cork South Central candidate Tim Murphy said it was time for the state to review its drug policy and cease continuing to enforce a policy which was not working. It was wrong for any state to use the sanctions of the criminal law against citizens who chose to consume a relatively harmless drug, whether for recreational medicinal or spiritual reasons the party believes. The CPL believes the continuing prohibition turned otherwise law-abiding citizens into criminals despite the absence of victims, left the supply of the drug in the hands of profiteers who might also sell harmful substances, burdened police, courts and prisons at excessive cost to the taxpayer. If the ban on cannabis was lifted, the CLP believed its sale could be controlled, with a prohibition on its sale below those aged under either 16 or 18. Points of sale and times at which they were sold could also be controlled. The party insists that cannabis can be used safely or unsafely and that international research has shown that unsafe use of drugs is more likely in a prohibitionist regime. Cannabis can only give rise to dependency if that tendency already exists in the user. The CLP also rejects that cannabis is a gateway drug, claiming that only 3% of users go on to use other drugs. Mr. Tierenson said the party claimed to be getting a positive response from students and young people. However, they've received just two donations to date, totaling £20. Both candidates claim to have used cannabis and are challenging others other general election contestants to confirm if they have also used the drug. So there are a few policies and it's just really all they're interested is in is legalizing cannabis. So they got a bit of attention. They even got a, an editorial in the examiner about them. Side effects of cannabis party. Proposals to legalize cannabis are extremely unlikely to find favor with the public at a time when our society is ravaged by the scourge of drugs. The issue has been placed high in the agenda of all political parties in the general election. But while Fianna Fáil were launching their anti-drugs programme yesterday, a new group named the Cannabis Legalisation Party 
was launching its own challenging manifesto. Essentially the party, which is fielding two candidates, is seeking to stir public debate. Their goal is to highlight what they regard as the immorality of the other party seeking to criminalise cannabis for political purposes. While condemning the abuse of those accepted drugs of alcohol and tobacco, they would be, be naive to ignore the reality that cannabis is a stepping stone to addiction and harder. That is accepted wherever the drug's menace is prevalent and remains a central reason for not legalising its use. If, however, the new party succeeds in generating informed debate on the drugs crisis, it will prove to be a worthwhile exercise. So, relatively, I suppose, a positive response um, about that, that they're talking and opening a conversation here about cannabis use. We then get some uh, criticism from uh, groups, other groups of the Cannabis Legalisation Party. Youth organisations think Cannabis Legalisation Party is a dopey idea in the examiner. The newly launched Cannabis Legalisation Party has come under fire from youth organisations. This comes amid widespread political indifference to the campaign to de decriminalise the drug. Party founders, Cork Law lecturer Tim Murphy and hot press journalist Olaf Turinson are running for election in the Cork South Central and, and Dunleary constituencies. But their calls for change in the law have been met with criticism and indifference from commentators. Donald Gogan of the National Youth Council dismissed party stance as simplistic. The drugs issue is an extremely complex one in which all aspects must be looked at carefully. It is simply not enough to call for legalisation, he said. A spokesperson for the Union of Students in Ireland described can the Cannabis Legalisation Party's manifesto as unrealistic. We would support what they say insofar as it goes, toward, goes towards opening up debate on the issue, but would not approve their ultimate aim. Dublin community campaigner Eddie Darcy was doubtful either. Mr Murphy or Mr Tierenson would make much impact on polling day. Cannabis isn't really an issue right now. There isn't even a great deal of it available. Certainly we'd be better off tackling the heroin problem before devoting attention. A spokesperson for, for the Catholic Youth Council also came out against the campaign. We realise the drug problem is a huge issue, but we would certainly not be in favour of decriminalising. The Cannabis Legalisation Party has called for cannabis to be made available at stockists of alcohol and tobacco. So they had actually started gener generating debate, and I suppose that was their reason, aside from getting elected, that was the reason for running and the foundation of the party. Although, just, just to say, it wasn't a registered party, and they appeared as independents on the ballot. I have a copy of uh, Tierenson's man manifesto. Cannabis Le Legalisation Party, vote number one, Olaf Tierenson. Dunleary Ratdown, you make the law. So it starts off with a description of the hemp plant. Since ancient times the hemp plant cannabis has thrived all over the world and for at least the last 10,000 years substance derived from it have been used by innumerable cultures for many different purposes. Only in the last 50 years has this plant become the centre of enormous controversy. The Cannabis Legalisation Party are a part of a worldwide movement and hugely expensive social experiment of cannabis prohibition. It is a major part of our campaign to make people more aware of the reality of what the hemp plant actually is and how senseless its prohibition is.
1991, the Irish Department of Health stated that while cannabis use seems to be on the increase among young people, it is usually not an ongoing regular pattern of misuse. In other words, the vast majority of people who use this drug for relaxational and recreational purposes do so in a safe and responsible way. They do not abuse it. Of course, just as with other drugs, e.g. alcohol, a small minority will experience some problems with cannabis. The CLP believe that these problems are health and social issues. They are not a matter for the criminal law. Cannabis prohibition turns otherwise law-abiding citizens into criminals, despite the absence of victims. Cannabis prohibition burdens our police, our courts and our prisons at excessive cost to the taxpayer. For example, it costs the state 46,000 per year to imprison a cannabis offender. The CLP believe that the money spent on the war on cannabis would be much better used in providing effective drug education to young people and improved treatment facilities for the minority of problematic drug users in our society. Cannabis is invaluable in the treatment of patients with cancer, AIDS, glaucoma, multiple cirrhosis and many other diseases and ailments. It has been used as a natural medicine for thousands of years. Any policy which prohibits doctors from alleviating suffering by prescribing cannabis is misguided and inhumane. The hemp plant is an extraordinary plant capable of growing almost anywhere that can provide much needed ecological and economic benefits. It can help to reclaim damaged land and guard against soil erosion. It grows fast and can easily fight off weeds, needing neither fertilizer or pesticides. Fibre from hemp can be used as source material for over 5,000 textile products, and the remaining stalks are of use in the production of another 25,000 items. One acre of hemp yields four times as much cellulose for paper making as an acre of trees. And while trees take 20 years to mature, hemp reaches 10 feet in, or more in months. Motor fuel can easily be produced from the hemp plant and the greenhouse effect could be hugely reduced. The plant takes as much carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere while growing as it puts back when being used to power vehicles. It produces an oil which can be used for most industrial purposes. Its seed contain more vegetable protein than anything other than soybean. The possibilities for industry and agriculture arising from the hemp plant are endless. Cannabis prohibition leaves supply in the hands of criminal profiteers. The Cannabis Legalisation Party advocate the regulated and controlled availability of a drug that is less harmful than tobacco or alcohol. Such regulation as the successful cannabis policy of the Netherlands demonstrates not only generates revenue and employment, but also prevents cannabis users from coming into contact with other drugs. In Ireland, the drug barons and the major political parties seem to agree on one thing only, that cannabis should not be legalised. Despite the misinformation also often heard from political and other quarters, cannabis does not lead to the use of harder drugs any more than alcohol leads to the use of cannabis. About 45% of people who use alcohol or cigarettes will at some stage use cannabis. Only 3% of cannabis users will progress to use. For example, heroin. The main reason for heroin abuse and most other drug problems are the, the poverty, unemployment and social exclusion resulting from the economic policies of successive Irish governments. 
is a profile of the candidate. And Irish citizens generally disillusioned with the corruption emanating from our political process and frustrated with the lack of originality in any of the major political parties. Seeing the desire for radical change in political representation, the CLP's policies are based on the ideal that the individuals should be invested with trust and dignity. Although cannabis legalisation is obviously the main basis for Tiernson's candidature, he also supports the introduction of a super tax, i.e. a new higher rate of taxation on annual income of over £100,000 per annum, to put some limitations on the unjust concentrations of wealth in the hands of a few. The basic income proposal put forward by the Conference of Religious in Ireland, Corrie, the provision of state-sponsored creche facilities, and in the case of the ill or elderly, the extension of the carer's allowance to family members. The criminal prosecution of any public representatives guilty of corruption or other abuse of their public service status. The introduction of a 12-year limit on any one individual holding national political office, Doyle or Shannon. Increased powers of local government to enable counties and cities to develop a social and cultural infrastructure suited to their own particular needs. So that's the policies. It's not just cannabis legalisation. There are wider issues there as well, all, I suppose, to do with the social justice. The election came and uh, Tiernson polled 348 votes. Tim Murphy uh, polled 663 votes. All right, not, not a bad performance for a new party getting off the ground. Funnily enough, it's, a, it's a, an issue that has stayed around. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of stuff about medicinal cabinet, uh, cannabis. Uh, Gino Kenny and some others have been involved with that. But in uh, 2015, a party was launched in Northern Ireland called SISTA, with SISTA standing for Cannabis is Safer Than Alcohol. Um, it fielded candidates in the 2015 general election it registered as Citizens Independent Social Thought Alliance um, for 2017 assembly elections. It didn't really capture the public's imagination. Although, you know, it got 1% of the vote, 2%. Actually, it only got 1.5% 1, 1. of the vote in East London Derry in 2015 and 22 in the assembly elections in uh, Newry and Armagh, Emma Crossan. But uh, so it, it wasn't a, a massive issue. They disbanded because a couple of other parties took um, the line on cannabis. So there you have it. That's the Cannabis Legislation Party. Thank you. Continuing the theme, I suppose, of cannabis and Dunleary, brings us to the Justice Party of Ubi Dwyer. And anybody who grew up in Dunleary in the 70s and remember Ubi Dwyer and his campaign and going around on his white bicycle and all the Justice Party posters um, around the place literally pasted to any surface possible. Alas, I never, I never got any of them. Um, but he was, it was a site, um, he stood in 19, 1981 and in the February 1982 general election, he also stood 
as an independent. I think the Justice Party was gone by the 1985 local elections when he stood in Dunleary. But he was a character around the place. And really, um, he had some life. He was involved in all sorts. Like, if you look him up, uh, he's a fairly hefty Wikipedia entry. That profile before the 1981 election um, captures a lot of it. Um, it's in the Herald, um, from the Herald by Patrick Murray. Ubi Dwyer may appear to be the most unlikely candidate in this election, and he certainly runs the risk of not being taken seriously, but that would be a mistake. A number of things strike you about Ubi when you meet him. His dedication, his hard work, and his sincerity. And the three main points in his election manifesto festo, certainly bear repeating. The Justice Party, for whom Ubi is a can is candidate, seek the right to work, the right to home ownership, the right to share in decision-making and ownership and work in work. Ubi is 48. Controversy has followed him everywhere since he gave up his job as a bank clerk and headed for England. It was there in 1972 he started the Windsor Free Festival in Windsor Park. A few thousand people turned up and the event was largely ignored. Ubi was not deterred. That dedication set to work again and the following year 20,000 people turned up. It was a good, quiet, peaceful festival. And so with its reputation growing, 100,000 people turned up the following year. And as they were leaving on the sixth day of the festival, the police move in and moved in and broke up the four or 5,000 people still there. Ubi was arrested. And for want of another charge, he appeared before the magistrates charged with inciting a public nuisance. He was sentenced to the incredible term of two years in jail. He served 13 months and was paroled for good behaviour. He returned to Ireland and since 1976 has been working in the, as a medical assistant in the rehab hospital on Rochestown Avenue. Again, that'll be familiar with uh, many people from Dunleary and beyond. He's a highly thought of by patients and staff alike. The Justice Party is something that evolved rather than something that sprang up, he said. And since its inception, Ubi has worked day and night to put forward those three basic aims. He spends every penny he earns and more printing posters and handbills, and he often spends 16 to 17 hours a day distributing literature and putting up posters. Though he has many workers helping him, financial aid so far has run to five pounds, some food and the design of his posters free of charge by a professional designer. Ubi has two great political heroes, Parnell and O'Connell. He's unequivocally against violence and sees solution through peaceful means. He started a new, a new months ago, a few months ago, distributing handbills and has now put 50, 52,000 through letterboxes in, Dunle in the Dunleary constituency. As an aside, um, if anyone actually has one, <laughs> still, I'd love, to, I'd love to get a copy or a scan or anything of it. And that work allows him to meet and talk to people. An old lady a few days ago saw me putting up the posters. She said she used to support the Labour Party and would still give them numbers two and three, but she would give me the number one vote because she said people seem to have lost the appreciation of the beauty of where we are. I'm not against progress, but I think social progress is more important. I'm not putting forward radical communist ideals when I talk about the right to share in decision-making at work. These ideas come from papal insignicals. Not new ones either, he said. 
and he produces the 1891 rerum novarium encyclical of Pope Leo the Thirteenth, and the 1931 encyclical quadrogressimo anno of Pius the Eleventh to prove his point. The answer to our problem is not capitalism, not socialism, but cooperation, he said. If I am elected, and I am confident that I will be, I would like to meet Mr. T.J. Marr. He and his colleagues have made cooperation work in rural areas. Why can't someone make it work in urban areas? It is the answer, he said. So his political philosophy is slightly, I suppose, left to centre, but it's not radical or anything. It's just basically around the cooperative movement. And as I say again, the three main points were in his uh, manifesto were the right to work, the right to home ownership, the right to share in decision making and ownership at work. But he also, given the bike was a major part of the campaign or his campaign trail, uh, he was very pro-cycling. Some coverage wasn't really so complimentary. We read of a different type of political organisation is being set up by a bizarre character called Ubi Dwyer. This middle-aged 1980 version of a hippie is a familiar figure sauntering through the streets of Dublin, dressed dramatically in a black cape and hat. He was designated the High Priest of Pot by the media because of his efforts to have the smoking of cannabis legalised and has also been active in arranging musical peace festivals. He has handed over the campaign to legalise cannabis to a younger disciple and is now concentrating on politics. He calls his party the Justice Party and has three fundamental principles. The right to work, the right to home ownership and the right to share in decision making and ownership at work. He plans to stand in the general election in his native Dunleary. So he'd, um, <laughs> there's other references around the place with uh, to uh, cannabis and legalisation of cannabis, but he hadn't included in his manifesto, despite being a campaigner for it. There was a report of a public meeting in Dawkey um, about drug abuse, you know, drug abuse in schools is widespread, widespread which had, was organised by Fianna Fáil. And uh, there was a big crowd at it and various different people um, were, were speaking and there was calls for to set up a drug advice beauty bureau and young people and parents could get help and advice. When the meeting was thrown open to the public, some arguments broke out between Mr. Ubi Dwyer, who's campaigning for the legislation of cannabis resin and other members of the public. What's it, what this reminded me of not the, not the same, but um, there was a, a now retired TD who used to go to all his uh, uh, constituency rivals publics meetings and literally take them over by asking questions and contradicting them and so on he used to sit in the front row and uh, so he never held public meetings himself he just went to analysis and uh, stirred up trouble there in the 1981 general election Dwyer polled 927 first preferences vote, votes which was actually which was a decent enough performance for a first time out candidate indeed. Outpolled uh, Frank Smith, the Labour, and uh, Dermot Boucher, the Socialist Labour Party. In that 1981 election, he had also been in, in favour of the H-Block candidates and spoke in favour of the H-Block candidates. So would have got, there was no H-Block candidate in Dunleary, so possibly would have got some of the 
sympathetic H-block vote um, there also. In February 1982, he stood and just polled 418 votes, so his vote was well down. He didn't bother. Uh, he didn't bother speaking or running in November 1982, and, but ran in the 1985 local elections, and he polled 101 votes in Dunleary, in the Dunleary ward. The Justice Party had added a thing like I was reading about a Tara rally. The Justice Party, which demands political status for Northern Ireland prisoners, is to hold a rally on the hill of Tara on Sunday the 9th of August. This is 1981 at 3pm. A press release from the organiser, Ubi Dwyer, states that Tara was chosen because there the High Kings of Ireland held court, renowned for the justice of the Breton laws. Aside from the Tara rally, there was a, they'd also... Um, Rallies in Dunleary, the Phoenix Park, Ballymena, and Windsor Castle. The rallies again were all demanding political status for the Northern Ireland prisoners, Catholic and Protestants. Um, the rally at Windsor Castle was held because, according to the party statement, there the forces of landlordism, snobbery, and parasitism are parasite parasitism are symbolised. And the rally, it will be stated that the Queen of England is responsible for the existing situation in the North. He went on and he continued campaigning on um, issues like uh, cycling and was very, very pro-cycling. Um, was looking, was a regular correspondent in the papers and campaigning for better rights for cyclists, better routes, grants and stuff for bikes. And also, I suppose, ahead of his time, it was that the, the bikes were more ecologically friendly and cycling was much more economically friendly. As I said at the, the beginning of this part, quite an eventful life and I'm going to put a link to his obituary on the UK Rock Festival site in the description of the podcast um, because it's well worth seeing, you know, obviously the rock festival, rock festivals as well, um, his time in communes and things in London and setting up a commune in Ireland course later on although it's not covered in that he had taken Kate's cases in the courts here on the legalization of cannabis sadly Ubi passed away in the early 90s after uh, head injuries in a cycling accident in the Dublin mountains and I suppose that's the story of Ubi Dwyer and the Justice Party thanks very much again for listening and if you can subscribe and so on please do and of course, get in contact if you have any uh, suggestions or anything like that. Thanks very much.